The following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN. The following is a presentation of Cover Your Assets and is offered by Rooker Financial Coaching and Consulting. You're trying to build your income, your business, your life. Challenges are all around you. It seems so overwhelming. People are depending on you. Who do you listen to? Where can you go to find honest, useful information? Todd Rooker. For decades, Todd Rooker has been teaching professional education to attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and financial advisors. Rooker Financial Consulting offers advice and coaching to consumers, business owners, and financial professionals on every topic imaginable. If you truly want to succeed, sit back and find out how to cover and build your assets. Here's nationally renowned speaker and expert getting you on the path to financial strength and wealth, Todd Rooker. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing this morning? Fantastic rainy day. (laughs) It is a good day. First Saturday of every month, my haircut day, 10 o'clock. Going to fly from here on over to YZ and get my haircut. Consistency, consistency. Today's you're show. Get your hair cut or all your hair is cut? Oh yeah, I'm getting all my hair is cut. Oh, you're fantastic. just, you're just so, it's so insightful there, Evan. My goodness. Yes, I'm going to get. Well, most of them cut. The ones on my head, I'm going to get my my hair cut. Yeah. So today's show is what is an investor? What is an investor? I I, I think that that the concept or what people perceive an investor to be is lost. And the reason that I believe that is because let's be real honest and say that for most people, the concept of creating any degree of wealth or actually investing in anything long-term is not something that they understand that they have firsthand knowledge on in meaning that they know or really see it because their world, 90% of the population, and it's more than that, uh, it's all about day by day survival. And, and, and part of the challenge with that is I don't, it's not that I don't understand that, but if that's the only thing you seek, then that's all you'll get. And I know it takes courage to want more because you have to drive yourself at a different level to attain more. And mentally, it takes, uh, strength and courage to see farther. And I, I know that. But nevertheless, if you're going to become an investor, then an investor isn't simply putting money into something or saving money uh, to invest, to be able to make some money on their money to buy something else that enhances their lifestyle. And, you know, that's a problem because... That concept is what appeals to the masses. Hence why all of the gurus on the, you know, internet will tell you about their house and their cars and their boats and their airplanes. Because that's how you see an investor or somebody who's successful. And look, there's nothing wrong with those things. Love it. Um, all of those things are cool. I, I get it. But. Investing, when you think about what an investor is, think more along the lines of a Warren Buffett who buys something and and almost never sells it. Well, I buy stuff. I save money to buy stuff. I only invest to make money to buy more stuff. I only work harder to make more money to have more stuff. Well, there's it's okay 
Um, but if that's all that you're doing, then you don't go anywhere in terms of net worth, building wealth. Wealth is not income. I've said that so many times on this show. And no matter how many times I say it, I don't believe most people will ever get it because to them, they're in the survival mode. They always will be. Everybody they know is. And so it's all about having a nice life before you die. That's all there is. And that's not all there is. There is actually creating something and doing it long term and not selling it. Just having to create. And that is a concept that's lost on most people. And if, you know, look, I get that most people are never going to buy into that. Um, I'm, I'm, I think that way, but I'm different. And I know that there's others who do, but they're rare. So, you know, if, if your goal is to get a, a cabin, a boat, uh, a, a, an airplane, a snowmobile, uh, take a trip, whatever, get a handbag, I don't know, whatever, then that's okay. But if that's the pinnacle goal of yours, you may reach that goal, uh, find a way to do it for less, save the money to do it, whatever. But you never really create anything. And so when you are an investor, you do have a very different perspective. Um, I was just in a meeting in my office and, you know, one of the guys who came to see me, actually he and his wife, they were, they were in the investment business, the advisory business when I was building my company way back, way, way, way back. And he knows how much I sold my company for because at the time it was very public. And, and he says, why are you even here? Why are you working? Why, why would you work when you, when you could have retired, you know, almost 20 years ago? And, and, and that question to him was such a useful question. It made complete sense to him. And it was as odd to me on, an, on another side than it was to him. I can't imagine not being in the game. I can't imagine not working. I, I, you know, I've, my, my true, true story. My wife has been taking vacations without me for 10 years. I'm not joking. Cause I, you know, I go somewhere to, you know, go with her as a vacation. And she knows within two days, I'm ready to go home. She's got two weeks planned and I'm ready to go home. I, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it at all. Actually. Uh, I, I shoot guns. I work out and I do business and I love those things. I love all of them. And I will say that I probably love business more than any of them. So that's my thing. Well, investing is also my thing. I, I enjoy uh, making more money than it costs me to live and taking that and making more money with that money, not to have more things, just to have more. <laughs> is, is that a demented concept? It might be. I, it might be. But when I think of an investor, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking about. And so the first thing you have to do, okay, real quick, spend less than you earn. <laughs> that alone could be a week-long conference, how to earn more money than, than it takes you to live so that you have anything in the first place to work with. Everyone out there is looking to make money on other people's money or make money with no money because they have no money. <laughs> and if they did, they'd buy something and spend it. So they never have any leverage 
in a conversation. I mean, if I if I'm going to try to talk you into giving me your money to do well with it, your first question most likely is how much you got. What have you done? Right? What have you done? Well, if your whole world is about making as much money as you possibly can so that you can have a better life, a better car, a better house, a better whatever, well, then you don't really have a lot of leverage in that conversation, do you? Well, let me just tell you a little inside secret. That's about 98% of the financial advisors in America right there. They don't have, as a personal investment portfolio, very few of them have anything other other than their assets under management, that book of business that can be sold in the future. And if not for that thing taking place automatically, they would probably not have anything because they are in the business working so hard to make it look like they've got money like their clients that they're, be, that they're pursuing who have money. They're working so hard to look that way and it costs them so much money to look that way when they don't have that kind of money that once they begin down that road of looking good, smelling good, and presenting themselves in a highly professional and, and uh, what, uh, wealthy way, they can never stop, and it just goes on and on, and they spend everything they make just like everybody else. So it's not an easy thing to spend less than you earn, and then you add to the fact that there's this ego thing where you're always trying, and this is this ego thing, this is here for everybody. Don't shake your head and say, that's not me, because you're full of crap. It's only different areas that you do it in. But everybody is trying to prove to everybody else how they're doing, and they're doing that with things that are obviously right there and physical and they are the things that I just described. They are the house, they are the car, they are the land, they are the lake home, they are all those, they are the vacations, they are the whatever. They're displaying that in a way to prove how they're doing because we're all insecure and we're all trying to do that. We're doing that more as a result of wanting to prove that than we are about actually wanting the things. That's the reality. And so quashing that on some level to some degree so that you you spend less than you earn becomes an incredibly challenging thing emotionally. But if you're going to become an investor, you have to do that. That's what you have to be able to do. Last week, I talked about the dichotomy of a of a salesperson, meaning that the insecurity that drives them to succeed and, and be very successful in regards to a good salesperson is the very same thing that also is detrimental in terms of building net worth, which is becoming an investor. So if I'm able to do that, if I'm able to do that, Let's make that distinction again that you have earned income and earned income is the money that you make for the work that you do. And so if I work for someone else, I have earned income. On the flip side, if I have the right type of business as a business owner, and you have no idea the number of business owners who either don't know what I'm about to say or don't think this way at all. And also remember that for all of us, we have a tendency to want to say, like right now, yeah, I've already heard that, and then shut down and not listen to any more. Well, just because you've heard something doesn't mean you understand it, much less are doing anything in the way of practicing the proper way to handle things. So an entrepreneur 
a business owner is someone who is less interested in being a thing and more interested in their thing is building and growing and scaling businesses. And it doesn't really matter the type of business that it is. They like building businesses. They like building things. So if you hear about a serial entrepreneur, just know that that isn't necessarily somebody who is that. That's just somebody who is, who is, you know, got a short attention span and they go at something really fast and really hard and, uh, then they go do something else. And most of the time they're not, they're not doing that thing long enough to achieve any level of real success. Now there are people at different levels who do, who do succeed with a company, grow that company, sell it, and then do it again. And that really is an entrepreneur. That is what I'm talking about. But a lot of people, you know, the, the, the folks who are in this, that, and the other thing, and they're all kind of fly by nights and they never really make a lot of money at anything. Yeah. So a business owner is somebody who certainly is putting in a day's work like everybody else. They are, they are, uh, 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 someone who is engaged in a business and whatever their activities are, they're getting paid for doing that, just like if they had to pay someone else to do it. But in addition to that, they're building that business as an asset to be sold. They're looking at it specifically, like they're building a house or building a car, and they're building it in a way to sell it. That's a different person than somebody who's just in a business trying to make as much money as they can. That's a very different proposition. And if you're the if you're the the, the previous well, then you're just trying to make as much money as you can in a business to have more life, buy a bigger boat, buy a lake home, go hunting and fishing or whatever. That's that's different. You're not a business owner. I don't care if you have a business with 50 employees. You're not a really a business owner, at least not in mindset. So earned income is you being an active participant in the business, and you may very well have to do that, but are you building something that has its own value that can be sold? So that's a business owner entrepreneur. Now, a speculator, what is a speculator? Well, we cannot argue that in everything that you do, that you might put your money, your investment money in. And again, I guess I should define the money that is left over after you've paid your taxes, after you've lived your life, what's left, that's what we call in the business of advisory, your wealth, your wealth. And please, please don't misunderstand. I'm not an investment advisor and I'm not talking to you about buying mutual funds. So don't think that. Uh, but, but I was in that world. And so we're talking about, you know, your wealth. Well, your wealth is just your discretionary money that you could, could invest or put anywhere you want because you haven't spent it to support your lifestyle. That's, that's the idea. So if you're going to put that into anything, there's risk. We cannot deny that. But the way we offset that risk is by doing things that we understand and that we can mathematically and with with education and with experience, we can vet that risk to a point where we feel comfortable, almost to the point where we don't believe that it is all that risky. Now, that can be problematic, too, because there is always risk. But we're minimizing that risk to such a degree because, as you've heard me say also, the numbers work or the numbers don't work. Now, certainly there's crazy crap like COVID and this kind of nonsense that can happen, and that risk is real, and it's there, and it can affect you dramatically. But outside of things that are anomalous, one-offs, 
pretty much we are analyzing that risk and we are understanding what it is as compared with our upside potential and we're trying to mitigate that risk. A speculator simply takes it a little bit farther, but if you talk to what you might consider to be a speculator, a speculator in business investing, a speculator in land investing, a speculator in anything, they, if you sit down with them, are going to tell you that they understand what they're doing in it very well. And they don't feel that they're taking risk that much. Uh, that's why the, the, the idea when people say, well, if you want to succeed, you got to take risks. That just irks me because I know that the people who think like I do, even the speculators, don't really see risk like you're throwing dice or something. And that's what I think people, people have this idea. You know, well, you know, you got to be willing to throw the dice. No, not at all. Ever, ever. You understand what you're in. You have key insight into what you're what you're involved in. You probably have some experience. Maybe you've bloodied your knuckles a few times, but you have done everything possible to extract the risk out of the decision because you know how to look at it from every side. And yes, there is the outlier risk, but for the most part, you understand the good and the bad and and that's how you're how you're taking those dollars as an investor and you're putting them to work. Now, mind you, the more of that there is of people being afraid of something. And, you know, the, the reality is for a lot of a lot of situations, you know, I've got a, 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 a I guess I would call him a friend and a guy that I know well, Kurt, if you're listening. Well, he develops land. And I'm going to tell you, you might look at that and say, wow, he's a speculator. What if the city, what if the city, uh, shuts down the urban sprawl and he bought that raw land and they won't let him put curb and sewer, sewer in there? Or what if, what if, uh, the economy goes bad and people stop buying houses at the, at the, at the number that he needs to make work given the price that he paid for the land and what it'll cost for the division of each one of those, those lots or parcels? You would, might look at that and say, he's really speculating. That's really dangerous. Let me tell you, for him, he doesn't see it that way. And, and it really is, uh, that way. But nevertheless, that might be a speculator, and for someone who is an investor, they might want to tell you that they want to move as far away from speculation as possible by mitigating that with knowledge and experience. Nevertheless, there are speculators. Then there are also people who are simply investing to get income. They're just wanting to put money into something that will throw off an income that they can live on. These are generally speaking the 401k people who have retired with a, with a retirement account and want to get the highest dividend return on their money so they can replace their income of their previous job or position. All of these people have different perspectives. And when you ask them, what is a good investment? Every one of them will have a different answer. And the reason that they have a different answer, meaning in terms of rate of return, is because their alternative of what they would do instead, if not for this thing, is going to be different, which means they need to achieve a different rate of return to do better than what they would do instead. Let's take our first break and we'll be right, ta- right back talking about what is an investor. Does your sump pump run constantly? Do you want to ensure that you never have a damp, musty smelling basement? 
These issues are caused by water coming off your roof, draining into your basement. Gutters can resolve these problems. William Foss is the owner of Seamless Solutions. He is honest and trustworthy. He is simply the best. If you need gutters or leaf covers, he is the guy to call. You can call him at 612-834-0664 or go to his website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. If you or anyone you know are in a financially challenged situation, listen. My name is Todd Rooker. For over 20 years, I've been helping people strategically plan for and deal with a financial crisis. My typical client may have previously had a substantial net worth and are now in fear of losing their personal home. My clients will often say, in the past, I was financially successful. However, at this point, I'm exhausting all of my financial resources trying to make my payments on time. I feel as though I'm simply delaying the inevitable by throwing good money after bad. So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale, deed in lieu, loan modification, credit counseling, or even bankruptcy? And then most importantly, how do I minimize the damage and rebuild my life when this disaster is over? This is my world, and I teach classes on those very topics. So if you or anyone you know is in this situation or you want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. Are you missing anything in your plan? Find out with JLN Financial's Retirement Checklist. If you can check all the boxes on the list, you may be ready for retirement. If not, J. Allen Financial can help. Get this checklist now at rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. J. Allen Financial offers insurance services. Investing involves risk. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and J. Allen Financial are not affiliated companies. Hey, are you considering something exceptional to set your home apart and highlight its curb appeal? How about the rich look of custom copper gutters? Copper gutters are not only beautiful, they also offer timeless durability. William Foss with Gutter Solutions installed my beautiful copper gutters. I get compliments every day. If you're looking for extraordinary craftsmanship and would like to consider something truly special, call him at 612-834-0664 or go to their website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Ask for Billy. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back. Hope you are enjoying this. <clears throat> so, 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 uh, you know, so what is a good investment as we left the last break is very much dependent upon who you're talking to and what they would do instead. It's always that. It's not, is this good or bad? It's what would you do instead? So, um, for a lot of people, if, if not for a retirement account, you know, where everybody jumps holding hands together, nobody really knows why they're doing it. They just know that everybody else does it. So unless they're going to feel like a colossal idiot, they, they do it along with everybody else to varying degrees. Maybe. And not even, not every, and not everybody even does that. And for a lot of you 
who are entrepreneurs, when you earn more money than what you spend, at least for the time that, that you have it before you figure out something else you want to buy with it, <laughs> you stick the money in the bank because I'm making the point. Why would you put it anywhere else when you don't understand anything else? Right? Right? Because everything else resonates as risk with you. And so as a result, you put it in the one and only place that you believe will still be there when you come back to find it. And maybe then nobody's going to break into your house and steal it. So you stick it in a bank account and essentially make no money on the money because the reality is you never really intended to make any money on the money. You are simply saving money to buy something else. Does that describe most people? You tell me. You tell me. So the reason people do that is because they don't understand. So when I use the the moniker, you speak 401k, you're a 401k speaker. Am I, you know, don't puff up your chest and think if you have a 401k, I'm talking to you because I don't, it doesn't have anything to do with whether you do or don't have a 401k. It means that you pursue lifestyle at the, as a pinnacle issue. You're always trying to have a better life. You understand nothing about investing. You're most certainly not an investor mindset. You're simply trying to have a really good life and you're all about where you send your kids to college, the house you live in, the neighborhood that you're in, the the car that you drive, the 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 life that you lead and trying to impress everybody because you're so concerned with what everybody thinks about you. And and do not laugh because there are so many people listening to this who are probably saying that's not them when in fact it absolutely positively is them. So that's what I mean when I say you speak 401k. You stick your money in paper investments, maybe. You are all about making as much money as you can. Your side gig is all about making more money to have more life. And everybody you know does the same thing. So isn't that what everybody does? That's what your mindset is. And you have no intention of ever creating any real substantial wealth because nobody else you know does either. And your sense is that, that you know, if you have a million or two million dollars in your retirement account when you retire, you're rich, as compared with all the other losers in our country who will have virtually nothing. And I can't argue that more is better. I can't. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about I really want to create something substantial. I really want to build wealth. Sure, I want to have a good life. But that, but the good life thing isn't my primary goal. My primary goal is to build my net worth. Ha! <laughs> So I already know what a unicorn you are if you really do think that way, but you might be fooling yourself thinking you, you, you are that when you're really not, or at least you're, you're, you're not that to any large degree or shade. Nevertheless, if you speak 401k, then the only types of things that you're going to do with your money are things that you believe, at least with what with 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 any real amount of money. Now I'm not talking about you know buying pull tabs and and uh, buying lottery tickets. <laughs> you know, and for a lot of you ding dongs, that's where you put your extra money. Oh my gosh, seriously, seriously, boy, you got a lot of control over that. Boy, you understand. Boy, I, I, how, how are you going to control that little ball coming down that 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 air chute? How are you going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, but your ship will come in, right? Your ship will come in. Give me a break. 
So the reality is for most people, the only place they're ever going to put their money is in either the bank or, uh, you know, paper assets. So the first option as an investor are paper assets. Now, I'm not saying that any of these things are bad, but here's the one thing I'm going to tell you. The farther away you get from the fire, the less return you potentially are going to enjoy. And, and the, and the closer you get to the fire, then the more key insight and control you want to exercise. Now, stop and think about what I just said there. Stop and really think about what I just said. The farther you get from the fire, from the actual thing, the less your return on investment or upside potential will be. And the closer that you get to it, the greater the upside potential, but the, but the more insight and control you better have. Because if you're going to do that, you got to have understanding and insight into what you're doing. And you most certainly want to have control. I consider myself a control freak, freak and happily so. I like it that way. And I wouldn't do anything without control. So that already might tell you something about the way that I invest. But when you invest in paper assets, you've got to remember something to begin with. As I made the point about 401k speakers, recognize this. The reason that people invest in 401ks and 403bs and IRAs and, and Roths and anything and everything else as, as a retirement vehicle, what we call qualified money in the business, is because they've been taught and told and weaned to do it. And who wanted us to do this in the first place? The government. And the people who are managing the money, because the movement of money is how commissions and fees are generated. If people were not conditioned and weaned to put money into a retirement investment vehicle, then Wall Street would have vastly less money under management and would charge vastly lesser in fees. It is literally that simple. For most of you, if it weren't for everybody jumps holding hands together in the company-sponsored retirement account and I would be an idiot or everybody's going to think I'm an idiot if I don't do it at least on some level, well, if not for that, then think how much less money would be involved in paper assets that is the, the market. Just think about that. So... Are you saying that this is like a conspiracy to get us all to put money that otherwise we'd probably just spend? And look, we can't argue that that's a good thing, right? We can't, I can't argue that. But is that to get that money there so that Wall Street can charge fees, the broker dealer who oversees that charges fees and your individual investor is charging fees and then you get what's left and through that siphon everybody's making more money and the more money that's there the more money gets siphoned is that really the truth yeah that's really the truth not to mention the fact that when you invest in those areas you have no control over anything I mean, you're not sitting on the board. You're not making decisions. You're not the CEO. You don't know what's happening behind the scenes. So you have no control. Hence why you darn well better have a highly diversified portfolio. You better invest in many, many things. Even if you're investing in, you know, a, a sector fund or even if you're investing in an index fund that is predominantly investing in a particular area, it's still going to be diversified against many, many companies because some of those companies will do well and some of 
of those companies will go out of business. And so that average that you receive is through diversification. And if not for that, you might make a mistake. You have no control. You have no understanding. And you could lose all your money. So great. You're hedging the downside risk and severely decreasing the upside potential, which means you have moved very far away from the fire as a result. That's why the rate of return that most people are going to get in their investment portfolios over a working lifetime is typically in the range of we'll call five to eight percent over a working lifetime. And if you say that's pathetic, well, do not think for a moment that you can hire your financial advisor who was very far away from the fire. They're not making trades. They're not managing money. And think that if you hire somebody who's really impressive, that they're going to get you a better rate of return. Because that's nonsense. They're salespeople. And I'm not beating them up because they're useful and they're valuable. But at the end of the day, they're building assets under management. And the more people's money they manage, the more money they make. It's that simple. So if an, if an investment advisor has $50 million versus $100 million, the other guy's making twice as much. And even if they're fiduciaries, they're making 1% of assets under management. And when they go to sell their book, they get two and a half times the, the book commissions or the, the, the commissions that they generally earn. And they make that amount of money when they sell. And then that's their retirement vehicle. Okay. And frankly, most of them never retire. <laughs> so, uh, that's the deal. That's what that is. And if you're in that, you're a 401k speaker because everything else other than, other than the bank seems utterly risky to you. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Are you an investor? Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at FixAutoUSA.com. That's FixAutoUSA.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the WOW experience. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at Kim at KimNibo.com. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. 
Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at aholawoffice.com. Again, that number is 612-271-4047. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. I'm back. All right. So if I am an investor, how might I how might I invest in in investments, you know, similar to the stock market where I don't I'm not going to own physical assets. I'm going to invest in in other people's businesses. And we'll talk about this more in a moment. But, well, you know, as somebody who was fortunate enough to sit around a table at a place uh, that is no longer there called Sunsets. On a monthly basis, where every person sitting around the table, about eight or ten of them, was worth more than $100 million, where I listened to, and I didn't, and I and I don't have that kind of money, but I actually got befriended a guy who let me be a part of it. Um, I actually came in and pitched him on an, a business that we were trying to take public at the time. And uh, as a result, I actually got to come back and what the conversations that took place. After the particular business owner or entrepreneur came in to pitch their their deal, uh, kind of like very much like actually like Shark Tank and the conversations that took place thereafter. Now, mind you, even those people who were angel investors vetting deals uh, were only using that. We're only do, doing that with a small, small percentage of their portfolio because they understood that things could go wrong and that they had to have the other their other monies diversified to hedge this thing that they were doing. And it isn't that they ever wanted to lose money and it isn't that they didn't want to make money. They certainly did. And they wanted to be very intelligent about that. But they knew that they could literally lose the money that they were using a million, two million dollars. And it really wasn't going to be that big of a deal. So and the other thing I'll say about that. So if you're an investor and you were to do that, uh, they did it. They were doing it typically with 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 investments that were not publicly traded as of yet. They they were private placements. They were IPOs, initial public offerings. They were maybe syndicators who just wanted one one big investor pool like the eight 
10 people sitting around the table that would fund the $20 million for the $100 million project or what have you. So that that was different. But, you know, if you think about if I want to be involved in, in, in investments where I'm, you know, uh, simply paper investing, maybe maybe we could consider that a similar thing. Uh, but for the most part, when you're investing in paper, you're investing highly diversified investments because you have no control. Hence why Warren Buffett, most successful institutional investor long term that has been in history with Berkshire Hathaway, he has told his wife that when I die, put all your all my money in index funds and or the index fund. Why is that? Because he better than anybody knows that you have no control. And he knows that a winner in the market of, of money management is able to beat the, the index. And the index is simply the top 500 companies and 97% of all the actively managed uh, uh, funds can't even beat that for more than one year. Two years is a milestone. 97%. So if you think because you're 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 taking classes to trade and you're sitting behind your three computers in a spare bedroom and you're going to do that, you're you're nuts. I mean, I don't care. You know, you made money the last two years. Now you're going to lose everything, whatever. So I know that that's what the paper world is. The next one is investing in your own business. Second one is investing in your own business. Well, let me just tell you this. The number of businesses that net-net, so let's define net-net. It means that in your business, remember that your income is not is not return on investment. Your income is for actively participating in the business. And if you are doing a thing in your business and you walk away and you have to hire somebody else to do what you do, then what you earn and the profit of the business as a combined two, that's not net net. Net net is I take and hire someone else. You say, well, if I hired somebody else to do what I do, the whole business would fall apart tomorrow. Yeah, that's interesting. Probably true. But... (laughs) I know that no one would do it like you. You're amazing. And if you did hire somebody who would be the CEO, would be the job soup or whatever, if you hired somebody, it's going to probably take more money to do it and get somebody good than you want to admit. And number two, they're probably still not, not going to do as good a job as you because they're, they don't care. They don't own the business like you. But nevertheless, take that amount out of the equation and then tell me what's left. So if you do a million dollars and you have a net net after you pay somebody else to do what you do, that means that a 10% is going to yield you another $100,000 on top of, on top of what you pay somebody else to do what you do when you're not involved in the business. Let me just say the number of small businesses that can make that money. So, hey, I've got, I've got this wealth, this discretionary money, and I can put it in the stock market. I can stick it in the bank. I can buy a boat with it. I can do anything I want, but I'm going to choose to reinvest it in the business. Well, let's look at what your net net is. Your return on investment, not your earned income, as compared with the other opportunities that you have. Because it might take that number to justify why you would reinvest it in the business. But if your business is netting more than a 10% net-net, you're knocking it out of the park. Now, that may be because it's so small. Once you scale it and grow it, your margin is going to decrease. But nevertheless, that might be the greatest leverage for your money because number one, you understand it, and number two, you have control over it. So I don't, I understand that completely. The third one is investing in somebody else's business. And I've already told you, I just explained to you what that is like. And I'll tell you that 
Some of the things that I learned in there is whenever they were investing a substantial amount of money, they took control. And I am that way. I want 51% control of your business if I'm putting my money in. And it doesn't matter if you put a million dollars in and I'm only putting 200,000. You want my money, I get control. And if I don't have control, then at the very least, I and the other investors better be able to outvote you as the owner of the company because I desperately need control. That's why number three is probably the most dangerous of all of them. Danger in terms of downside risk. Danger. The last one is real estate. Real estate has hard assets. And when you understand the numbers, very frankly, probably has the greatest upside potential to make more money, all things considered. That being the cash flow that you earn, that being the pay down on the loan by the, with the tenant's money, and that being the increasing value that you pay nothing for because you're not paying for anything and you're making money on top of that. And it's paying down the loan and the value of the house is going up. Remember, that is not happening in the house that you live in. The house or investment, commercial property you invest in and the house you live in have nothing in common with one another. Just be clear on that. And if you're scratching your head, just stop and think for a little bit. You're paying your property taxes. You're paying your insurance. You're paying the maintenance. All the things that I don't have to pay anything for to service that, to be able to enjoy the benefit of increasing value. I pay none of those things when I buy an investment property. The house you live in, you pay all of it. Totally different thing. Even when the loan is paid off, it's still a liability because it still costs you money for property taxes, insurance, and the maintenance on it. Totally different thing. Let's take another break. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Social Security, you've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of it? Jim Baer and his team at JLN Financial can show you ways to do that with their free Social Security report. Download your copy today at rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. JL and Financial offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and JL and Financial are not affiliated companies. JL and Financial is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or governmental agency. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? Their attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that 
that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years experience in this highly specialized field and it is my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly and most importantly, help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think, but don't waste time. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download Financial Crisis Bible or call us at 763-559-3800. That number again, 763-559-3800. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. All right. So, 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 the farther you get from the fire, the less money you make and the closer you are, the more money you make. So, you know, um, when you, when you, as an example, invest in real estate, which I love because I have control and I understand it. But even then, if you say, yeah, I'm a real estate investor, that can mean a lot of different things. So if I am going to buy, own a property directly, is this typically where with my investment dollars, my investment dollars, I'm going to make the most money. Yes, it is. And and why is that? Because I get everything. Because I get all of the things that I just told you about. But this presupposes that you can find the investment, that you can manage or at least oversee the management of the investment. And as a result you now are going to make the most money. So it is not unusual for the total return on investment, all things considered. And I just described all things shy of the tax benefits for depreciation, which make it even more attractive. And never forget, oftentimes investment decisions are based on tax efficiency more than they are an investment return because taxes are a sure thing and taxes uh, being efficient in the way of deductions is also a sure thing. So if we know of those things, the, the impact can be dramatic and it can be certainty without any degree of speculation whatsoever. Nevertheless, that's how we make our money. So when we buy a property or we find a property and we do all those things and we have that ability to do those things, we're going to make the, the most amount of money. The next iteration as a real estate investor might be that I can't, won't, don't have time, not interested in doing any of those things, but I still want to get a greater rate of return. So I'm going to form a partnership with somebody else. And between I and that other person, we will exercise control and we understand it because I'm a numbers person or somebody along the way has taught me to be. And so that's where we're going to get another rate of return. So as an individual investor, we look at investments all the time, all things considered that will, that will net us just in the first year. And it generally gets better after that because remember your principal and interest remain the same. All of your expenses will go up relative to inflation, but your rents go up relative to inflation and your payment generally is staying the same. So your return on investment, your cash flow is actually getting better over time in most instances. So we look at investments that are 30% total return. Well, that's diluted by half if you're a 50-50 partner, isn't it? 
But whether or not you're a 50, 50, 10, 90, 80, 20, whatever, has everything to do with the performance that you bring to the deal. So if all your money's involved and you paid for everything, maybe you get 20% of the deal. Maybe you get 30%. Maybe you get 50%. Whatever it is, that rate of return is being diluted or it's going to have dilution related to it given the percent that you own for whatever performance you bring to the deal, money or or knowledge or, or work, whatever. So that's a partnership. The third iteration is syndication. Now, this is where we're all soliciting the 401k speakers, the accredited investors who just want to do better than they did in their retirement account because, hey, maybe now they're retiring and they are considering, you know, uh, stocks that pay consistent dividends. We call them dividend paying stocks. All stocks, most all stocks pay dividends. You reinvest them because you're in the, re- in your retirement account, but most all of them do pay dividends. But these types of companies, these types of stocks are consistently paying good dividends. And as a result, they cost more money, just like anything else that's good and quality and expected and consistent. They cost more money. So there's that. There's annuities and there's bonds. And so maybe Maybe add to that, somebody wants to get involved in syndication. Well, that means that somebody's putting together a big deal, maybe 20, 50, 100 million dollars, and they need 20% down, and they're going to garner that number from the investors. And they're going to, those people who are putting that deal together are giving those investors just a little bit better than they would get somewhere else. And the good news is they don't have to fix toilets. They don't have to be any part of it, which of course, the God forbid they don't want any of that. And so they get a little bit better. And the people who put the syndicated investment together are making the lion's share of the money, but you're making more money than you would in your alternatives that I just described. That's syndication. Now notice as of that, each one of these that I'm going down the line, your return on investment is actually decreasing as we go. The last one is RITS, Real Estate Investment Trust, which is simply institutional investing, just like everything else, your stocks and bonds and everything else, wherein the investment as opposed to a company might very well be uh, purchasing real estate. But remember something, buying a piece of real estate is like buying a business in a box. There's revenue through the through the form of lease or rent payments. You've got operational expenses, which you have in a business. And then what's left is your margin, right? And so they're giving those people enough to appease them and give them better than what they would hopefully get somewhere else. Now there's risk in that and they have no control. But it's better than they would get somewhere else. And that's why everybody in town is always soliciting the people who have one, two million dollars in their qualified retirement account. They used to be an engineer at Sperry Univac or something. Everybody wants you people. Because you people, to beat what you do, doesn't take a heck of a lot. And there's still a ton of money on the total investment overall through all of those areas I just described. So that's what it means to be an investor. And it can mean a lot of different things, can it? So which one are you? When I put money into something, I don't put money in to take it out and buy something. I put money in and I never, ever take it out. Why is this meaningful? Because I'm never going to pay taxes ever, ever. Listen to that. Warren Buffett says they need to figure something out because I hardly pay any taxes. That is so disingenuous. It's laughable. Why doesn't Warren Buffett ever pay any taxes? Because he never sells anything. If he does sell an investment, he simply does an exchange for another investment. He never pays taxes. If you put your money in the stock market and it does well, you don't ever need to sell the stock. You can take a loan against your investment holdings. You don't pay any tax on a loan. And if your investment holdings are more than enough to pay the duty or the or the debt, the, the interest on the loan, you never pay taxes. And the cost of the taxes undoubtedly will be vastly more than the, than the interest rate that you're going to pay. <laughs> Is this not obvious? 
So when I buy an investment property, I'm never going to sell it and take the money. I'm going to pay it down until it's owned free and clear, maybe. And then I take a loan against it and I don't pay a dollar in taxes. I leave 20% in the property and I don't pay any taxes. And when the property's paid off, I can do a 1031 if I've run out of depreciation, do it again and again and again. And the adage is defer till you die. You see, that's what it means to be an investor. Get it? So if you want to succeed, you have to take on an entirely different perspective on things, one that will not be shared by most anybody that you know. That's the truth. And taxes with an investment, you know, everybody's putting their money in their qualified retirement account. And then the, and the government loves it because look, now you're more self-sustaining. It takes less money to support you because of course they're, they've spent all our money in such pathetic, frivolous ways that they've run out of our money. And the idea that you're now going to cover more of that burden is a great thing. But not only that, here's the other thing. In your qualified investment accounts with retirement, that qualified money where you contributed in a traditional before-tax environment, you do understand that in most cases, they're going to get more tax dollars from you than they would have if you had paid the tax right from the very beginning. Do you realize that? I could have paid the taxes right from beginning, not even done a Roth, not even done a Roth, and never, ever, with the gain on the money, taken the money, simply taken a loan, and never having paid taxes. Which one do you think the government likes better? Come on, man. <laughs> what does it mean to be an investor? You just heard it, my friend. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. This has been a paid program. The views expressed were not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN.